Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, Joe McCall here. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I just wanted to record a quick introduction to this next interview that I did with Steve and give a, uh, an apology for the quality of the audio. I apologize in advance. The audio quality is a little poor, but if you have a little patience with it, I am sure that you will get a lot out of it. I really wanted to get this done and out the door as quickly as possible because Steve has a book called Life and Air that is just now, it was just released a few weeks ago, and we are promoting it in a real big push this week and early next week because we want it to rank really high in the Amazon book rankings. But it's a really, really good book. I wanted to get this interview with Steve out as quickly as we could, so we just hopped on the phone. So hopefully the audio is not that bad that you can't listen to and hear all of it, but so I just wanted to give an apology in advance for that. So, hey, listen, enjoy this interview. Go to Amazon.com right now and look up that book called Life and Air and buy it. It's, it will be the best 10 bucks you'll ever spend. It'll change your life. Thanks a lot. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing Mastery. Glad you're here. If you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, you will get a bunch of cool stuff. All of the previous podcast episodes we've done. In fact, I've interviewed Steve Cook, who I'm interviewing today. I've interviewed him before. It's one of the first ones that we did back in 2011. Can you believe that, Steve? Almost three years ago? That's hard to believe. <laughs> it blows my mind. And you, we can get uh, our Fast Cash Survival Kit and some cool stuff there all free. I wanted to bring Steve on again. Steve is one of my mentors. When I was first getting started in real estate back in 2006, 2000, between 2006 and 2008, I was doing a lot of studying in real estate and buying a ton of courses. And there was that website, many of you know, flippinghomes.com. And back then, flippinghomes.com was the biggest, if maybe one of the biggest or if the, not the biggest website about that had a forum on flipping properties. And Steve was real active on there. It was just a great community. And I learned a lot from Steve. And I learned a lot from his courses on rehabbing and wholesaling. In fact, Steve, it was, I always tell the story when I'm, I'm telling my journey into how I got started in real estate. I finally got fed up with buying all of these courses and going after chasing all of these shiny objects. I still chase shiny objects a little bit. <laughs> I got really tired of all of that and I said, I'm just going to stick with wholesaling. I'm going to learn wholesaling and I'm going to make it work. I'm not going to, I'm just going to take one or two courses and do what they say and not change anything and just do it. And it was your course that I bought on wholesaling and it was another guy's course that I bought on virtual wholesaling. And he talked a lot about direct mail. And so anyway, I just did it. I, I had your course. I remember to this day sitting in the garage, reading the book while my kids are playing outside, highlighting the you know what out of your book, and it was just it was transforming. It was life changing. It was finally when I sat down and decided to focus that I started seeing success, started doing deals. So I owe a lot of 
my success to you. And so for the last three, four years now, I've been a part of Life in Air. And uh, I talk about Life in Air to everybody that I talk to practically when it comes, when I'm talking about real estate investing. Life in Air has just been an incredible rock, a solid rock that has kind of anchored me and my business for these last three, four years now. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and talk about this book. So Steve, if you could talk a little bit about why you came up with this idea of life in there, maybe how the term came up with it. And could you talk a little bit about the the premise or the foundation of the book? I, I sure can. And I, I do have to remind you first, Joe, that you haven't been with life in there for three or four years. It's been about five years now. Time sort of flies by, but it has <laughs> been that long since you have been involved. I, I joined it when it started. Was that 2009? 2009 was when you got involved with us, yes. Wow. So that so, was four years or five years ago. Uh, about March of 2009 when we had the first discussions, and so we were probably about a month short of five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. I remember the first big mastermind I was at was in Chicago. And yes. that was in, was that the summer of 2009? Yes, it was. Oh, man. So a lot of things have changed with Life and Air since that time. Uh, Life and Air was uh, just something that was just gaining traction back then. But uh, how it came up with Life and Air is something that I don't even want to, I don't want to take credit for. Uh, I had, a, as you know, with flipping calls, I was teaching thousands of people across the country how to become successful flippers. And I had at one point considered to, uh, the idea of quitting with teaching people how to be successful flippers. And the reason that I was considering quitting was because some of the people who I had already taught who had become wildly successful, I was seeing something happening with them that really disturbed me. Mm-hmm. I was watching marriages and families starting to fall apart. And it was very evident that the source or the root of that issue within these families and these marriages was the businesses that my students had built. Their businesses had become so successful that they gave everything to their business and not to the things that were most important in their lives. And uh, and that, that disturbed me. It disturbed me a lot. And I had really given uh, serious thought to not teaching anymore. And... Uh, while I was going through that process of considering do I keep on teaching, I had a number of people you know, still coming to me asking me to teach them, but I started asking them why. Why do you want to be successful? What is the reason why you want to be a successful real estate investor? And this one week I had two gentlemen who, one of them was uh, 19 years old, had just become a father, and another uh, gentleman was probably mid-30s, 40, but, uh, and had four children. And, but both of these guys were telling me that the reason they wanted to become a successful real estate investor was so that they could be a better father or a better husband. And uh, they were actually asking me to help them to become a millionaire. And that was that was the exact same thing. Both of them were asking me, I want you to help me to become a millionaire. So uh, I said, why do you want to become a millionaire? They said, so I could be a better father. I said, look, guys, you could be a better father without becoming a millionaire. You don't have to have a million dollars to be a better father. I get where you're coming from. And they said, no, Steve, you don't understand. I need a million dollars to be a better father. And I said, well, no, you don't understand. You can be a better father today 
And if, uh, you know, what if you go down this path of, you know, trying to become a millionaire and you never get there, does that mean you're going to be a bad father or you, know, you, you get to choose today? Am I going to be a good father? Am I going to be a good husband? And, but both of them kept insisting I was wrong and I didn't understand. And so, uh, one morning I was just contemplating that. I was saying, what is it about this word millionaire? I, I was taking, taking quiet time, just praying and uh, doing a Bible study and, and just in, inquiring, what is it about this word? And this was in 2003, and I just felt like God just spoke to me and said, what they really want to be are life and heirs. And uh, like many other people, when they hear the word life and heir, I was like, life of what? And uh, I pulled out a pen and paper. I just wrote down this word life and heir. And the the very next day when I uh, got home from the the place that I was, I went and I bought the domain lifeandheir.com. And that word has been a burden on me. Ever since that day, yeah. uh, I've ex- experienced a- an incredible life, a-, a life of ups and downs, and, but I-, I do believe that what I have been experiencing since that time is learning what it means to be a life in here so that I can share that with other people. You mentioned the word incredible life, Steve. What, what does an incredible life look like to you? Well, I- I'll tell you what. When I when people come to me and they talk about you know what they want their lives to look like, most everybody, most every person who ever comes to me can tell me what they want their balance sheets to look like, how much money they want in their retirement accounts, how much passive income they want. But very few people can describe what life is. And and to me, what I want my life to look like is I want the freedom to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I want to be available to help people, to to be a coach, to help my students, to be there for my friends, to be there for my family, and to be there for anybody who needs me and not to be so wrapped up in the pursuit of things and stuff that really take and rob the life from me. But uh, I want to be a person who can experience the life-giving things. I will say this, Joe, there was a question that somebody asked me one day, and we were talking about what what it meant to experience abundance. And and this student, he came back at me, and he, he said to me, he said, Steve, what do you think God wants us to have an abundance of? And I just flipped that question right back at him. I said, no, you tell me, what do you think he wants you to have an abundance of? And what was what was crazy when he sat there and he answered that question, we were going over what it was that he wanted, and after he answered that question, we came to realize that every single thing that he had written down was sort of meaningless. And when he wrote down what he felt God would want him to have an abundance of, he came up with things like peace, joy, happiness, love, and uh, he, he did not focus on the stuff that he had written down. And so uh, as we sit here and we think about life in there, the reality of the situation is I love making money, but what good is having a lot of money if I don't have all the things in my life that are really important to me? And when I sit here and I pursue money, if I do that at the expense of my life, if I trade my life, if I trade my relationships, if I'm sacrificing time with watching my kids grow up or sacrificing time and building a relationship with my spouse, is it worth it? And, uh, you know, we have plenty of people out there 
we can look in the entertainment industry and the sporting industry and see people who just have more money than they could ever do anything with, but they don't have happiness. And, and, you know, we, we look at their lives almost as entertainment because of the train wrecks that so many of them are. And, and so there's so many people who believe that if they just had more money, life would be better. But we have plenty of examples that that's just not the case. There's so many things I could spend an hour talking about the, the things that I've gotten out of life in there. But one of the, the the main takeaways for me has always been figuring out what's most important for me, right? It, what What is most important? If, if, if I were sitting on my grave tombstone, looking at my tombstone, what would I want written on it? Would it be, Joe is a great businessman, he made a lot of money, had 300 employees, he made millions of dollars. That wouldn't what that would not be what I want on my tombstone. But what I would want was he had a great family and he loved his kids. He loved his wife. He was faithful and he wasn't a distant dad. He was close and he served God faithfully and he made a difference in people's lives. He made an impact in the world. And so that's kind of where you start, right? You know, you look back and see, well, what do I want my life to look like? What really defines success for me? And Life in Air doesn't try to tell people what your a successful life is. You don't give people the vision that they should have for their life, right? You you kind of you got to figure it out for yourself. You write it down and then you the the main focus of your business of how you spend your time and your day and your calendar is centered around that vision that you've created now for your life of what you want your life to look like. Talk a little bit, Steve, if you would, please, the importance of having a vision and how that kind of keeps us grounded and focused on on that. Why is a vision so important? Well, I'll tell you this, Joe. You had said you could, we could talk for hours about these things, and I could sit here and we could literally go for days talking and trying to explain to people what... Um, what life in here is and uh, and speaking about the vision and even how to come up with that and uh, if I can I just want to say that you, you've been around now for quite some time and it used to take me a good hour to an hour and a half just to even explain a little bit of what life in here was to get people intrigued enough to want to learn more and uh, you know we've gotten better at that so where we can explain in about 10 minutes it, it's sort of complex to explain but it's so simple at the same time. And uh, if I could, uh, you know, one of the things that has been such a great tool for us lately is the book that we've written, uh, the Life and Air book. And we wrote the book with the intentions of making it so simple that an eight-year-old could read it and understand it. And, And it has just been amazing at how the book has been changing people's lives and communicating this entire Life and Air message and a book that people could read in four to six hours if, if they're diligent. And, and uh, the most, the, the comment that we hear the most is they couldn't put the book down, and people are reading through the whole thing. And what we're doing in that book is we're taking a, a, a gentleman on a journey uh, through that book with, with a friend of his who leads him to the, the this point of recognizing that he did not have a vision for his life. Instead, by default, he has just lived the way that the rest of the world around him has told him to live. 
he uh, by by worldly measures he was a success. He had built a business. He had a lot of cash flow coming in. He had a decent income, but he did not have that peace, that joy, that the the love, the abundance. Instead, it was just filled. His life was filled with strife and everything else. And and through exploring this, he came to realize that his vision was about making money and building wealth and then hoped that one day that that wealth would give him a life. And what, and, and what we teach people that life there is that you can have life today. You don't have to wait until someday when uh, you make money to experience a, a good, a, a, an abundant and incredible life. But you can experience that right now, but you have to know what that is so that you can do it. You know, most of us are taught as we're growing up to go to school, get good grades, go to college so that we can get a good job and work for 50 years so that one day you can be free to experience life. And you can have it right now. And the problem with the path that most of uh, the world is living is that we fill up our lives in this pursuit of one day experiencing life that we can't even live it. And we're so busy just going after the pursuit that there's no time left to actually experience life. We don't have time to give to our families, to our relationships, to our friends. And it's not to say that that's not the case for everybody, but I think most people wish they could give more time to their family. They wish they could invest more time into their marriage. They wish that they could spend more time with their friends. Yeah. But they don't because they're too busy. But life and air, we teach people to come up with that life vision and the so it took me a long time to get to answering your question about the <laughs> importance right. of a vision. <laughs> but uh, having that vision in place is the, is the thing that begins to drive all of your decision-making. When you have a clear vision of what it is that you want your life to look like, when you know what you want your marriage to look like, when you know what, how the time you want to spend with your children, you can then decide, okay, this is what I want my life to look like. Now, life and air, through life and air, we design a business to fit into your life. Yes. Most people build a, they pursue a business or a career and they fit life into the time that's left, if any. At life and air, we build life first and then we fit business and career into the time that's left. And by the time we take people through the whole process of having a vision and, and then they, we have them put their vision out on a calendar, they realize that if they're working 40 hours a week, they can't possibly live the life that they want to live. And so we teach people how to, you know, come up with that life, put the boundaries in place, and then build your business in the time that's left. And uh, sometimes there's only 20 hours left, or there's 25 hours left. And you have to build a business that uh, gets you all the things that you're looking for in 20 to 25 hours. And and we have just watched people's lives transformed. Um, as people are working less, they're making a lot more. And and if I could, I just want to say, I don't want anybody to think that licensors don't care about money. One thing that is for certain is that many licensors are millionaires, but very few millionaires are licensors. Well, your sub the subtitle of the book says it all. I think. Not, not, I I love the subtitle. Prosperity Simplified. It's mm-hmm. about having a simple life. You can live very simply and be very prosperous. And I think that prosperity could has a spiritual and a physical uh, meaning to it. 
because and and I talk about this a lot if if you didn't have any debt well you you ask this question a lot if somebody is making fifty thousand dollars a year is he more prosperous than the one than somebody who's making a million dollars a year well it depends what if that person making a million dollars a year has expenses that equal one point one million dollars a year they and then the guy who's making fifty grand a year has expenses that are maybe thirty thousand a year so it's it's all it's relative but you don't have to make a ton of money to be prosperous and when i talk to people about that it's amazing to see they they become relieved like oh wow you know i don't have to have 5 million dollars in my retirement savings by the time i retire when i'm 65 to be prosperous and successful i could have that lifestyle now and that's mm-hmm. that's what i like to tell people you don't have to wait until you're 65, 70 years old to live a prosperous life and, and to do all of those fun things that you want to do. You can go traveling now. You can create a business that fits around your life instead of the other way around, instead of trying to fit our life into our business and where it's at. And, Prosperity and so is simple. It's so true. It is so true. That's what we, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head with the way that we share this with a lot of people. But I want to go ahead and I'm just going to give everybody something to really think about, something to chew on here real quickly, because I think that there's probably a lot of people who are listening in on this, and because they have been told and taught all of their lives that if you just you know, strike it rich, if you hit the big time, or you build that big business, that you're going to get to where you want to be. You're going to now have the good life. You know, we're, we're told that when you climb the ladder of success, then you get to experience the good life. If every person on the phone would be, or who is listening into this podcast would take the time to think about all, first think about what does it really mean to live that life of prosperity. Come up with your own definition of what a prosperous life would look like. And you know, is it a life of freedom? Is it a life of doing whatever you want to do and experiencing whatever you want to experience when you want to experience? Uh, is is it just being free to do the things you want to do? And but, you know, think about that for yourself. If that's what it is, come up with a clear picture of what your life would look like. Mm-hmm. And then think about all of the people who you know personally that are experiencing that life. And I'll tell you this, most every single person who will listen to this is going to struggle to even think of one name. Some people are going to think of a couple, but with all of the information that is out there, about that teaches us how to live successfully and how to be successful. If it all worked, then every person who is listening to this should be able to come up with long lists of names of people who are living and experiencing prosperous lives, but they can't. And so the one thing that I want everybody to acknowledge, if you're struggling with coming up with names, there's something wrong. And the information that you have been taught might have to really take a hard look at it. Is the information wrong? And I'm going to just say that the information is not wrong. The problem is that we're pursuing it in the wrong order. And what you were just saying, Joe, the subtitle of the book, Prosperity Simplified, we teach people the four stages to financial prosperity. And when you simply follow those four stages, it is simple. It's easy. It does not have to be difficult. But the very first stage is putting the foundation in place. And that foundation is a vision for your life. And that is living life, the life that you want to live, 
not the life that your parents think you should experience, not the life that your friends think you should have, not the life that you're you're trying to compete against your siblings, but the life that you want to live where you make up the rules of, of who's the winner of the game of your life. And once you put that into place, then climbing the, the, the four steps to living prosperously is easy. But that's the step that just about everybody skips. Uh, most people will spend more time planning a weekend getaway or a, a party than they will their, life, their lives. And if they would just take the time to come up with that life and their vision to, to put that into place, then climbing, uh, becoming prosperous becomes very easy. Well, and it's, and it's not a big, enter. it's not a big dollar amount either, is it? Um, you could, you can literally, and I, I, this is my favorite exercise of the whole life and everything. And, and by the way, you guys do a three-day workshop on this stuff, so we're we're trying to condense all of this down into a forty-five-minute interview, and we're trying to summarize this book. So we're not going to do it justice, but one of my favorite things that we do when, in these workshops is you write your vision, then you put a dollar amount to it. And you really look at, okay, if if I had zero debt, what would I need? How much money would I need to make to fulfill my vision? And it's shocking, isn't it, Steve, how small that number really is for most people? It's, many people discover that the amount of money that they need to live and experience the life that they really want to live is far less than what they thought. Uh-huh. And, you know, we live in a world where people just pull numbers out of thin air that that they have assumed when I get to this number, when I get to this income, when I get to this net worth, I will be successful. And when they realize how little they really need to live and do all the things that they want to do, it takes a big weight off of people that like, they've been working for 40 years and their net worth is only 300000 and they got to get to $5 million before they'll feel free. They feel lost when they find themselves in that position, and they quickly come to realize that it doesn't take nearly as much, and that with a good plan in place, they can get there pretty fast. Now, Steve, talk about, because I want to get more into the book, but I I want you to tell a little bit more about your story, if you could. You had several million dollars in debt. You paid that off in how long? And you needed to clear a certain amount a month just to break even. What do you have to clear now to make your uh, to live your vision? Well, I had four and a half million dollars in debt once I realized that my pursuit of building my empire and my estate that was going to make life great was all-consuming, and it was actually taking away from my life rather than contributing to my life. I had I went from zero to seven million dollars in assets in about three years, and everybody who was watching me and watching what I was building just thought I was brilliant and everything I touched turned to gold, but the one thing they did not know was how my life was being affected by it and how my life was being affected by the debt and the way that I was building my business, the amount of time that I was investing into my business. I needed, um, I want to go before I even got to that point, I had just come out of a failed restaurant business uh, five years earlier, and as a result of that failed restaurant business, I could not... Uh, borrow anything. And so just a few years earlier, uh, my needs were about $25,000 a year. A month? And or your needs were? $25,000 a year. A okay. few years earlier, it was $25,000 a year. And uh, and I was a, I had already achieved success within the real estate investing realm, and I had made $25,000 in the first three weeks of the year. This was in 2001. 
And so my needs for the entire year were met within the first three weeks. Yeah. Well, then I did what I was supposed to do, what everybody told me I was supposed to do, and I started building my empire, and I bought my ha- my big house, and I bought my rental portfolio, and started just acquiring properties, and did everything that I was supposed to do, and that same $25,000 that would get me through a year would now only get me through two weeks. Huh. And I was still good at making that money, but the problem was I had to perform at that level every single day. There was never a break. And it was so tiring as I thought through it that I had to perform at that level for the next 30 years of my life. And the drive that was always pursuing me because I kept trying to do more and I kept trying to do something bigger because I wanted to make that burden go away. And the more I pursued it, the, the worse things got. And everyone else thought I was successful, but I wasn't feeling it. And I was almost embarrassed to even admit to people that this isn't what it's all cracked up to be because everybody else thought it should be. So uh, I made the decision, that's it. I'm getting out of that. This is after having paid the lender over $300,000 a year in interest for three years in a row. I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And so I made the decision to stop borrowing. That was in January of 2006. And we paid off the last of our debt in October of 2009. And wow. so that four and a half million dollars was gone. I didn't just earn four and a half million and pay that off. We liquidated. We were getting rid of everything. I, I was aggressively doing whatever I had to do to get rid of that debt. And I did not care if I made money. I did not care if I lost money. I was just looking at it as buying my life back, and I wanted to get to zero in debt as fast as I could so that I could be free again. I I had the ability to earn a large income, but when I was playing by all the rules and doing everything that I was supposed to do, that income, as quickly as it came in, it went back out. And it uh, it was not a life filled with joy, peace, and, and the, you know, the freedom to do what I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. So what do you need, if you don't mind sharing, Stephen, you don't have to share this if you don't want. Now that you have no debt, what do you need to clear every month to live a very comfortable life? Well, we right now with a family of six at home, with my kids in private school and, and, and tithing off of the uh, household income uh, just that comes into our church, we need about $4,200 a month. $4,200 a month. Now, that's, for some people listening, that may seem like a lot. But for a family of six, mm-hmm. and you're taking vacations, it's not like you're living off of food, you know, you're living off of the, the cheap generic food at the grocery store, right? I mean, you're you're doing, you're buying these brand new Corvettes all the time, or Camaros, what are they? I forget what you're... Well, I, I, I buy my toys frequently, but now my toys... Our vacations and all that. We're not doing that with the forty-two hundred. The forty-two hundred dollars a month meets our basic needs, okay. and we can get by with that. And I don't have to get out of bed to meet my basic needs. But the beauty of it is, we earn far in excess of that. And so, you know, today, and I do a real estate flip. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I closed on one, and we made fifty-one thousand dollars on it. I can do whatever I want to do with that money. I owe nothing to anybody. And uh, our needs are already met, so that 51000 is just sort of a windfall, whereas most people who are in business, that 51000 is going to be used to pay their bills 
and particularly in the real estate investment field, that might not last a long time. Many of us have been, I was in the spot where that 51000 got me through a month. Now it, it's mine to do whatever I want to do with. And uh, so what, we, what we've done is we've created a simple situation. $4,200 a month meets our needs. Anything over and above that, we get to do whatever we want to do with it. And when you have the ability to earn hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and you only need about 50000 of that, then everything else is excess. And uh, we just don't owe anybody anything. So life is easy. I don't have to get out of bed to make that $4,200. You can make that in your sleep, <laughs> which is amazing. And, and I love telling that story to people because you can see people get completely overwhelmed with oh man i have to make i have to set aside all this amount of money every month and i have to put it in the stock market and hope that it earns 8% a year over the next 30 years and then when i'm 65 i'll have 4 million dollars and hopefully maybe i can retire then this is taking it and turning it all upside down on its head and saying no it, it doesn't have to be that way let's just keep it simple Let's look at where you are now. Let's come up with a plan to eliminate all your debt. Oh, it's cool. And I, I wish we could have I wish we had time to talk about how to build a debt-free rental portfolio, which is pretty amazing. You've we've created a course on that before. Steve, let's talk about this book. You you wrote this book as a story. The two main characters, Alex and Scott. And you you just didn't make this stuff up. The, all of the stories that happen in here are from real life people that you have coached and mentored over the last four or five years, right? Absolutely. And, and some of it's me, some of it, Sean McCloskey, who I wrote the book with one of my students, but now my partner with life and air. And Joe, you probably saw yourself in some parts of the book. All my stuff was the good stuff, right? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But there was a there was a family that went to Europe for a month or two, and we got to do that last or about eighteen months ago. But but I, I I'm <laughs> I'm probably some of the there's probably some bad stories bad examples in there as well. We we all have them. I'm on both sides of the equation in that book. <laughs> but you tell it as a story of a guy who is making good money, but he's got a bad relationship with his wife and kids. He's struggling in his business really because he's in a mountain of debt and he's having to work 60, 70 hours a week. And he thinks the secret to success and to get out of that is to work harder. But you put him in touch with another character who says, who kind of opens his eyes and says, no, there's another way. Exactly. And we decided to write the book in that fashion and write it as a story because I spent about eight years writing the book and I was trying to write it as a nonfiction book and I could never bring it all together in such a way that made me feel good, that made me think that the reader was going to be able to relate to it. And once we created these characters, we find that right from the first chapter, many people are just, they're gripped because they see themselves somewhere within the, the, the pages of the book. And they don't want to put the book down. They want to see what happens with the life of Alex. And how did he get there? And as he's learning and as he's experiencing, people are learning and experiencing this for themselves. And they're, they're seeing what they have been doing wrong. They're seeing what they've been doing right, but they're clearly seeing that 
without having that vision, without having direction, everything that they're pursuing is not going to get them to where they want to be because they don't even know where they want to be. And, uh, and and even if you do achieve your financial goals, those goals are going to keep on changing. You're going to keep needing more or you're going to think you need more because you're not experiencing the life that you thought you were going to have when you hit the, the financial level. So it, it takes people on a journey of understanding what prosperity really means to them. And uh, as you read the book, you get to learn, uh, along with Alex, one of the main characters, what it really means to build a business that will help you live a life of prosperity. Right. And again, just to clarify, you're not telling people what their vision should be for their life. You walk through in the book explaining to people how to create your own vision. So while it's a story... The great thing about this book is you you can put people on the same journey. So when Scott tells Alex, okay, you need to go do this, like he gives him a homework assignment or something, right? Well, if you're reading the book, you put it down and you go do that yourself, right? So it's like it's like a seminar in a book, but a lot of what's in this book is what you actually do in your workshops, right? It is, and we take people basically through the same process we do in a workshop. Obviously, the workshop is more intense and uh, in a much more detailed, but yeah, he takes uh, Alex through that process, and like you said, we are trying to help people discover for themselves what it is that they want in their lives, rather than letting the world around them tell them. Yeah, uh, We're not telling people what their lives uh, should look like. I am so, so careful and so particular about that, that I, it's my desire and my hope that everyone lives and experiences the abundant life that they so desire to have, but giving them the tools to figure out what that is for themselves. What does that mean to them? And then helping them to develop the the plan to get there. Good. Steve, there's a couple more things I want to talk about. Let's let's talk about debt real quick. Obviously, debt plays a crucial role in this, right? Because we've been taught all our lives that there's good debt, there's bad debt, it's okay to get into debt for certain things, and maybe it is. Maybe we don't need to talk about that right now. But debt is is something that can really, I guess you'd say, do a lot of damage in a marriage, in a relationship, in a business. Can you talk a little bit about the, the destruction that you've seen in people's lives who get into debt, too much debt? Well, if you think about it, um, as people sit here and they really start to contemplate debt and what debt does in their lives. The reality of the situation is debt oftentimes brings stress into our lives. Debt begins to affect our relationships, it affects our marriages, it affects how much time we spend with those who are closest to us, it affects what we do for a living, it affects how much we work, it affects whether or not we go on vacation or if we enjoy our vacations. Even when we're not working, we could be sitting down with our spouse and attempting to have a conversation, but our mind is elsewhere. And oftentimes our mind is thinking about how are we going to make more money so we can pay the bills next week or next month. And, and you know, for people who are doing well financially, and they might have enough money in the bank to pay their bills for the next year, they're thinking, how am I going to pay my bills next year? How am I going to pay my bills two years from now? The lender never gives us an opportunity to break, to, to get any breathing room. It will affect things about how generous you are. And it'll take a good person who who wants to do all the right things 
and it puts them in a position where they'll compromise because they need money and because the lender demands it of them and expects it of them and uh, it has affected people's health and the way that they sleep at night. So it, it has a major implication in our lives. That is something that controls us. Yeah. And I wanted to be free from that. Uh, here's one of the big things, and with, without going into the whole story, uh, we go through it in the book and at our events, but the moment we sign a note, the moment we sign a credit card slip, the moment we sign a mortgage or something to purchase uh, anything, uh, payments, we promised away our future. We basically told the lender that we will work X amount of hours for the next however many years of our lives so that we can pay them back. And the more times we put our names on that dotted line, the more of our future we have traded away. And if we've already traded our futures away, well, then we sit there and one day we look and we say, where did life go? And we gave it to a lender in return for something that we weren't willing to wait for, something that we weren't willing to wait until we could actually afford it. But we went and we signed on the dotted line today. And, and one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this is dealing with marriages. I've watched marriages just fall apart over uh, debt. And, and you see couples sit there and say that, you know, the, the spouse, they have grown apart or their, the pers- their spouse is not the same person that they were when they got married. And, uh, you know, family, once people start talking like that, uh, oftentimes uh, divorce is around the corner and, 51% of all marriages end up in divorce, and the majority of them, uh, 76% of them, cite financial reasons as the reason for their divorce. And that's not because they had too much money or they were managing it well. Instead, what I want couples to recognize is that your spouse didn't change. It's not the finances that, that were the issue. Before you got married, you invested your time into one another. You spent time with one another. You you gave of yourselves to one another. But then the moment most people get married, they buy a house. And then they buy furniture. And, and they're going into debt. They're doing all the things that the world says that they're supposed to do. And after they've taken all those steps and done that, well, every time they sign on that dotted line, they just promise their time to the lender. And that was time that they used to give to one another. Uh-huh. And the more times more times they sign on that dotted line, not only are they giving of their time, but they're giving of their mind, they're giving of their heart. Because now the lender is who they think about, not their spouse. They're trying to think about how do we pay this off? How do we get out of this? When prior to getting married, they thought about one another. And uh, and so I I want to urge urge young couples to not do what the world says is the right thing to do. Don't run out and get deep into debt. Don't uh-huh. do all these things. And you know some people come out of that okay, but there's a lot of pain along the way. Even the ones who make it look easy, um, there's still stress there. There's still a lot going on. And, and you know when somebody loses a job. It's not that they're worried about how am I going to provide for my family next week. It's, uh-oh, the lender is going to come down on me because I can't pay them. They have more fear of the lender than they do anything else. And how would people feel if they had absolutely no debt and they got laid off from work? It wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. But when you've got a lot of debt, it scares you to death. So 
has major implications when we get into debt. Well, and it's important that we know how to manage that. And, and getting out of it is not as um, monumental and scary as you might think it is. It, it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. But we, you teach a lot in Life and Air on – the cool thing I like about Life and Air, it, it's about having a good life. But there's also a lot of people in the group who make a lot of money. And so we do talk about strategies and ways – to do deals, to do real estate, to make money. I mean, it's amazing to me looking around at when we have our masterminds, the quality and the level of success that people are having with integrity, um, it, bo- it boggles my mind. And it, it, I'm really honored to be a part of a group like that. And how little they work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about Keith and Shannon French, who I've interviewed on the podcast before. When they come to the mastermind, their big complaint is, I just been feeling lazy lately, or <laughs> just yeah. been uh, having sleeping in too late every day, and and uh, I'm trying to get motivated because they're they they don't have to work more than just a couple hours a day. <laughs> so it is it is big, and uh, and again, I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't want anybody to think that life in air is about minimalism or not making money. I like making money, and I want to make a lot of money. Yeah. But there's reasons why I want to make that, and so I can uh, do all the things I want to do in my life and, and give a lot. I, I love giving, and I love supporting things that I believe in and helping people, and and so we we want to do that. And, Joe, I don't know how much more time we have, but one thing that, and maybe that we can close with this, but the one thing that I want to leave everybody with is there's absolutely nothing wrong with having nice stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's something wrong when nice stuff has you. If your stuff owns you, then there's something wrong with it. And that's where it all boils down to. I love having nice cars, but my cars don't have me. If I, I, I like going on nice vacations, but it doesn't uh, affect my lifestyle or it doesn't put me into debt to experience that. And it was a very conscious decision. I, I don't live the kind of lifestyle that people would think I do. I don't live in a big mansion. I live in a house that uh, is a great family home that I designed, and not in the exclusive part of town, but I, I had been there. I, done, I had done that, and what I wanted was to live a simple life that would give me the freedom to do all the other things that I want to do. Today, when I make money, I keep it. It doesn't go right back out to the lender to pay for the, yeah. the big thing that I thought would give me life. Well, Steve, talk about... I mean, obviously, maybe it's not obvious, but faith plays a big role in everything that we do. You're you're a strong believer in Jesus. I am too. And I mean, we would be we would be really remiss, I think, to take all the credit. Obviously, for any success that we've had, it's been just by His grace. And talk a little bit, Steve, about the role your faith in God has had in your in your life with your family and, and your business. Well, I, I'll, I'll refer to it from a life near perspective. Uh, as I shared earlier, it was during a Bible study when I was having my quiet time praying when I was questioning what was it about this word millionaire. And it was God at that time who put the word Leisner on my heart, and that was the birth of Leisner at that time. I don't want to take credit for it. It was Steve who gave it to me. And years of trying to figure out what that was and what it really meant to live and be, uh, experience the life of a Leisner, 
of studying. Uh, I, I had many people as I was sharing life here with them who would encourage me to read this book or read that book. And I would say to them, I really appreciate the recommendation, but I'm not going to read that book. Life and Air is not something that I came up with. It's not something that I made up, and it's not something that I want to be influenced by what another man thinks life is. I want it to be influenced by the Word of God. And so when we do teach Life and Air and Life and Air principles, they are biblical 100%. Um, everything that we teach, there is biblical background to it. And for me, I do everything I can to apply those principles to my own life. And we have just experienced tremendous fruit um, from doing so. We've had a very blessed life um, all the way around, and, and we've had ups and downs. I do not ever want to suggest that living and pursuing a life of following Jesus is going to be an easy life. Uh, we've had our, our struggles. We've had the trials in our lives, but we've done it with Him and with clear direction, and uh, always have a, a place to go. We don't. We're, we're never lost, wondering, okay, why is this happening, or where are we going? We we've got that clear direction, and and I would not trade my life for anything. Very good. So the book is called Life and Air: Prosperity Simplified. We wanted to get this interview done as quickly as possible because it was just released. It's on Amazon. You can get it for $10 on the Kindle. Uh, I think $13 or $14 on paperback. It's about, oh, what is it, 300 pages almost. But you could read it in probably four, five, six hours. It reads like a story. It's really, really easy to read. It's a great book. And I wanted to do this interview with Steve because I want to get this book in as many hands as possible. And I'm telling you, this is a book that's going to change your life, plain and simple. You need to pick it up. You need to read it. I would suggest you go out and buy 10 copies at least and give them to friends. And it's it's a book that can apply to anybody, not just people who are in real estate, not just people who maybe have big businesses or, or things like that. But it's it's just a really, really good book. It's, it's an uncommon, in-your-face approach to wealth, success, and prosperity. And it's going to take everything that you've learned in the past and kind of turn it upside down on its head. And it's going to show you the truth of really what it means to live a prosperous and simple life. But Steve, I want to, again, thank you for writing this book. And of course, Sean wrote it with you, Sean McCloskey. You guys have been really influential in my life and so many of my friends. I'm grateful to God for, for you and for this book. And I hope everybody listening to this goes out and buys it. Any final thoughts, Steve, that you want to add? Um, only thing that I want to say is I don't know how we pulled it off, but the book does a better job of explaining what life in there is than I can myself. Yes. And it has been, uh, it's only been out for a couple of weeks at this point on Amazon, and the reviews are absolutely incredible. You can read the, the reviews for yourself on Amazon. Those are not, I don't know, half of those people who put reviews out there. And the things that people are saying about the book and how it's changing their lives is overwhelming to me. And I, I like what you just said. I just want to see the book get into the hands of people because it is literally changing lives. It's changing families. And it's it's changing them for the better. So, and Steve, if I there's a you. 
I'm sorry, I was just going to say, uh, if there's a website that people can go to, lifeinair.com, right? Correct. And so if you want to learn more about Life in Air or participate in our forums and ask us questions, we are there, and we're there to help you and to help you walk down this journey of living as a Life in Air.